Welcome into the Pursuit of Manliness podcast, where we are vigorously equipping men to pursue biblical manliness. My name is Jarrett Samuels. I'm the host of the podcast. And men, as always, I'd like to begin by thanking you for checking out today's podcast episode. A couple things. When you get the opportunity, make sure you visit thepursuitofmanliness.com. You can find this podcast episode, the whole catalog of previous podcast episodes. You can learn more about the herd. You can learn more about our men's retreat. It's already listed for uh, next fall. And you can register for Tribe. You have until Sunday, November 19th, to secure your spot in the next session of Tribe. Uh, the Tribe is being built. It's being built from what I call veterans, guys that have been in, been in it before. Some of them, many, many, many sessions, and some guys brand spanking new. Um, I don't know if they know me. I don't know if they know other guys in Tribe, but that's the beauty of this thing. These guys all coming together for this six-month discipleship journey. Yes, it's online, but it rarely, if ever, stays there. I'm telling you, it is unlike anything you have been a part of. These are men all across the globe. You say, Jarrett, I got a busy schedule, man. I travel. I got th- these hours, these hours, whatever. Man, I totally get it. And that's, the one of, to me, one of the major upsides of Tribe. Yes, there's a lot of things scheduled. You may not be able to make those times, but at least you know in the beginning uh, where they're at when you for the whole session. But also, you can, uh, you know, it's hard for some guys to make the men's study at their church. It's hard for them to get to, you know, this event or this event, whatever. If you're traveling, and I'll give you an example in just a second. If you're traveling and you make a post or you watch someone's challenge video or you engage in something, we got so many time zones covered. Somebody's up somewhere. Okay. We're from, you know, the, the far West coast to Australia. I'm bad at geography, but if I'm looking at a map that we would buy in America, that pretty much spans the entire, you know, map, the entire globe, if you will. So we got guys all over the place, all different time zones. I used to have an idea of what time zone guys are in. I don't anymore. My point is somebody's up, somebody's having a conversation. And, uh, man, no matter what you do, when you do it, how you do it, you know, last night I got a text, uh, late, I guess, cause I didn't see it till this morning, uh, from a buddy of mine in Iowa who met up with a guy who coaches basketball, um, at Lipscomb university, go bison. And they met up for, uh, cause the bison were in like two hours away. So they met up their kids, you know, his kids were there. Cool pictures, man. But here's the interesting thing at like 1230 at night, the bison coach, uh, registers for tribe 1230. He can't get to the church as local church at 1230, but because man, we're 24 hours, it's always there. So secure your spot Sunday, November 19th, that registration closes. We do it twice a year. Uh, the second thing is this, uh, we are out in the garage and we are sponsored by dark water woodwork, darkwaterkc.com. Visit darkwaterkc.com. The link is in the show notes. And if you put in the discount code numbers 30, because that's where we're at today, you will save uh, 15% off of your out in the garage beard bundle. So you go there, you find the out in the garage beard bundle. Um, it has a, it has the out in the garage logo on it. And so you see that, say, I'll take that. Uh, it might be a time to stock up for uh, stocking stuffers. I don't know. I'm already in the Christmas mode, man, but uh, you know, darkwaterkc.com. He's got a lot more than just beard, you know, out in the garage beard bundle, but I want you to see that. So yes, we're in numbers 30. Let me take a swig of coffee here real quick. 
I think I overswigged it. But uh, I am drinking Folgers Premium 1850 coffee. I don't know what 1850 is supposed to represent. I assume like the year 1850. It is dark roasted black gold. It's fantastic. Yeah, we're not getting too uh, what's the word? bougie over here. We're not getting too fancy over here. Folgers. Folgers is good enough for me. And then over on my table. Oh, my table's gone. Oh, below, down below the desk, I got a whole box. I'm now buying it in bulk, community coffee. You get the individual bulk things, you just rip uh, rip it open, and it dumps perfectly right into your uh, thing, and they give you a lot. See, I'm an, I'm an overfiller when it comes to the grounds in the uh, the thing. When you make a pot, we make pots of coffee every day. I'm an overfiller, and community coffee fills it high, which which I appreciate. So with all that said, if you're a, if you're a, community, if you're a coffee guy, and you need a, uh, uh, and you're looking for to sponsor a podcast with a bunch of burly men who drink really good coffee. Hit me up, numbers thirty. This is one of the chapters that I really tried to avoid uh, going through uh, these studies because it, it the the wordage it can get lost on us pretty easy. At least for me, maybe you're not that guy, but for me, when I look at these things and you start to get into it, you're like, okay, it's easy for me to kind of get that glaze over my eyeballs because there's so many uh, scenarios, but they're also very similar to the scenario beforehand. Let me just read the beginning here. Numbers 30, verse 1, Moses spoke to the heads of the tribes of the people saying, this is what the Lord has commanded. Now that should make you perk up right there. If a man vows a vow to the Lord or swears an oath to bind himself by a pledge, he shall not break his word. He shall do according to all that proceeds out of his mouth. Let's read on just while we're here. If a woman vows a vow to the Lord and binds herself by a pledge while within her father's house in her youth, and her father hears of her vow and of her pledge by which she has bound herself and says nothing to her, then all her vows shall stand, and every pledge by which she has bound herself shall stand. Now, the reason why I read that one, because there's there's a man and woman context there. Now, obviously, the context of the woman is she's single. She's still living in her father's house. Um, you know, make, making a, a vow that may or may not be binding depending on what old dad does, you see. But let's let's go back up to, to the front here, okay? So we're talking about, first of all, God speaking to the leaders of the tribes of Israel. You are to communicate this to your tribe, to your family groups, to the people within your sphere of influence. You know, we I, I think we've lost that a little bit. And, and we're trying to get that back. The idea that somebody has to be the patriarch. Somebody has to be the spiritual leader. And, and maybe grandpa is just completely punted on anything spiritual. And he's into politics. And he's into gas prices. And he's into you know sleeping in the recliner all the time. Maybe, maybe that, that ship has sailed. Then grandma has to do it. Somebody, somebody has to do it. But you see what happens here. The heads of the tribes. The people that were representing a whole bunch of other people. Were to receive what God had told them, and then communicate it clearly because it is a commandment to the rest of Israel. He says, if a man makes a vow to the Lord, a promise to the Lord, he swears by it, makes an oath, he binds himself by some agreement. Okay, he talks about maybe a pledge or, or you know, whatever. He said, he can't break it. Don't, 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 he shall not break 
his word. He shall do all that comes out of his mouth. Listen, a vow or a promise made to God is not a little thing. Now, maybe in your friend group, you're still talking about, you know, well, I, I, I was watching a podcast, uh, or not a podcast, it was a, an Instagram reel. And it's a comedian that I think is, is pretty funny. I think he's got a podcast. And there was some guys sitting around there saying, hey, what professional sport do you feel like you could show up to and just kind of blend in on? And they were kind of like naming like basketball or whatever. You know, it's just so delusional because you look and say, there's no way average Joe could go out to an NBA court and blend in like he, he fit there, right? You'd say that guy, that person's clearly lost. It just doesn't work. Now, there's some guys who still believe they could do that. That, that That's fine. And they were doing it lightheartedly. They weren't doing it seriously. It was funny the way they were doing it. But my point is, there's guys that'll sit around and they'll talk about, well, I could do this or I could do this or I could do that, and they're never going, they're not going to do it. Okay, that's different. That that that's that, to me, that's just false bravado. That's just a guy running his mouth. You make a promise to God, you make a promise before God. Uh, you 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 better take it serious. You better take it serious because uh, God expects us to keep. Keep our promise. Keep our our vows. Uh, Ecclesiastes, Solomon, the wisest guy to walk the earth next to Jesus, obviously, but he's fully human here. Uh, Ecclesiastes 5, 4 through 6, when you vow a vow to God, don't delay in paying it. I'll get to it eventually. Nope. For he has no pleasure in fools. Uh, I said before, I don't know if it, I think it was George Patton or someone, it was said of him that he does not suffer fools gladly. I didn't know what that meant when I first read it. So I looked it up, kind of figured out what it meant, and I thought, yeah, I, f- I feel the same way. I would imagine others probably feel that same way. You don't have tolerance for foolishness, right? How much more so the God of the universe? Solomon goes on to say, pay what you vow. It's better that you should not vow than you should vow and not pay. He said, if you're going to say you're going to do it, then do it. James 5, verse 12, above all, above all what? Above all. Don't swear by heaven or earth by any oath. Let your yes be yes and your no be no. You're going to make a vow. Make sure you hold it, right? I've said before, a lot of you guys came into the uh, interview process at your job and, man, you you came across as employee of the month. I will do that. I'm a team player. I'm very teachable. I'll stay longer. Um, I, I like to make the culture better. I will do this, that. And then you get there after a few weeks and you're not a lot of the things that you said you're going to be. You were just trying to seal the deal and get the job. Well, while HR may give you a pass on that for a minute, uh, God sees that. I said the other night on a Zoom call, to me, um, two of the most delusional people on the planet, in my mind, are a young man and a young woman fixing to get married. Because they know everything. And if you really want to see two delusional people, wait till they have their first child. They will know more about sanitary stuff. They will know more about tummy time. They'll know more about what's good for how to eat, what they should have, and when they should. I mean, I was there. I was there before. You know, well, here's what we read or here's what we saw. You know, and all everyone looked around. Okay, okay, just let them do it. Uh, but man, young couples, man, you'll say, "Have you talked about this?" Oh yeah, have you talked about that? Yeah, yeah. Have you talked about? You know, they, everything. They've talked about everything, and then and then they get married, and then you realize some of the things you talked about you just assumed, or some of the things that you felt like you had communicated. These are now becoming unmet expectations. But don't forget, you made a vow. 
You made a vow before the Lord. Now, some people get cute, and I don't recommend this, but they get cute and they write their own vows. Bad idea. Some people take the more traditional vows, and that's where it would be like richer, poorer, sickness, and health, uh, for better or worse. Well, welcome to worse. That's where you're, that's where you're at right now, right? And it, it's not hard for people to break that vow. They either break it for, what is that, irreconcilable differences, or they break it because of infidelity. They break it because we just can't get along, which might be the first one, I don't know. Um, they break it for all different kinds of reasons, and don't you dare tell them what they did was wrong. I understand. I remember being a, a, a younger pastor and, and fixing on preaching on Mark, what is that, 10 somewhere, where he talks about divorce, and I thought, I, I don't want to do this. We have divorced people in our congregation. Some of them more than once. They're, they're going to look at me like, boy, I, and, and, and the Holy Spirit said, teach it. I'll take care of it. Teach it. Uh, so what we're trying to learn here in Numbers 30 is be careful what you're saying. Be careful what is coming out of your mouth. There's some guys whose wife and, and maybe kids and maybe uh, coworkers, whatever, they've lost confidence in you and you know it. You know what that's like. You say, "Hey, I'm going to start doing this. I'm going to start working out on Mondays." And they go, "Uh-huh." <clears throat> hey, I think I'm going to start a uh, every Tuesday I'm going to start doing a Mhm. You know, I was thinking after the first year I may begin to I'm going to go to the the gym every day and I'm yeah, yep. They don't believe you anymore because you have failed time and time and time and time again to keep your word. For some of you guys, that's why your wife doesn't have a lot of stock in the things that you say because you're always starting something new and you don't have any follow-through. And don't forget, you probably made her a lot of promises and a lot of vows before you got married. Maybe you sat down, if you did it the right way, and talked to her father, if that was an option, and said, hey, um, I'd like to marry your daughter, and here's how I want to provide for her, and here's how I want to care for her, and I just can't see myself you know, living my life without her, and, and, and I hope someday we can raise some kids maybe, if the Lord allows, and uh, you know, we're going to try to just to do this, that, and the other, and, and then you got married. And then somewhere along that first year or two, you said, nah, that's too hard. I think I'm just going to kind of do me. And this is why you know, <laughs> I get on adults who are trying to reclaim their youth or trying to be kids again. Or adults that go back to like, you know, a band you used to listen to. They're doing a tour and you go back and you, yes, you love the music, but you could get on Spotify and listen to everything they've ever recorded. You love the idea that for just a, a few hours you get to be or think you're being, you know, 19, 20 years old. <clears throat> That's over. God says, be careful what you're saying because I'm always listening. Okay. Some of you were better at watching what Santa was going to see from you than what Jesus sees from you as a grown-up. He goes on to say about a woman vowing the vow. What was the point? The point was the husband, no, forgive me, the father of that house was supposed to protect his young daughter. If she makes a vow and she binds herself by some agreement while still in the vow, what could the vow be? The vow could be, I don't know, celibacy. The vow could be that I'm going to do this or that or the other. I don't know. I don't know what her, her vow would be. But in verse 5, but if her father opposes her on the day that he hears of it, here's what I think. We need more fathers hearing of it, okay? We need more fathers who are willing to listen, especially to what their daughters are saying. Sons, absolutely, 100%. I'm not minimizing either one of them, okay? It's just different with daughters. If a father opposes her on that day and hears of it, um, 
and no vow of hers, no pledge by which she has bound herself shall stand, and the Lord will forgive her because her father opposed her. <clears throat> is, is her father opposing her um, in a hateful manner? More than likely not. He's opposing her because he cares for her, and he cares for her heart and her future. There are things with, with my daughters now as they get older, I'll say, listen, you need to know this. And then there's things I say, okay, that's a decision they're going to need to make on their own. They're not vowing anything yet. However, there's times that I need to say, I, I'm, I'm going to veto that, or I'm going to strongly oppose that, or I'm going to tell you why this is not your best idea, or... I'm going to tell you here's some things that you don't know about these scenarios, okay? It's not from a place of arrogance or that I just want to vomit information on them. Hopefully, it's a place of wisdom. It's a place of wisdom that I got a little bit of mileage under me now. I can look and say, here's what I think. And if she marries a husband while under her vows and any thoughtless utterance of her lips by which she has bound herself and her husband hears of it and says nothing to her on the day that he hears it, here's the vow, I am going to, he doesn't do anything, then her vow shall stand, and her pledge by which she has bound herself shall stand. But if on that day the husband hears of it, it was like, no, no, I don't think so. The Lord forgives her. <clears throat> it's not that women can't make decisions. Like, you know that, right? It's that God has placed us in their life to be a helpmate and to say, I think that's not a good idea. There's a lot of mute men out there. There's a lot of mute men who aren't speaking up on anything. And if you haven't spoke up on anything for a long time, it's hard to start, but you got to start. Start somewhere. Maybe the best place to start is start by openly and verbally praying with your family. That might be the place to start. I've learned things about people and circumstances and stuff by their prayer to God. God's saying, Jared, you listen to that? Yep, I heard it. Yep. So maybe that's a place to start. A lot of mute guys, what God is saying, uh, fathers, husbands, don't be mute. Don't be mute. If you hear it and you and you just allow it and you you just nothing, well, then you're essentially saying, I give my approval of that. <clears throat> I've said before, I don't need to be in every conversation that takes place in my house. I don't. I, I, I'd even, I don't even need to hear everything that's taking place in my house, but I need to be aware of almost all the things that are taking place in my house. What's the temperature? What's the relational temperature right now? Um, how are we doing with friends outside? How are we doing with these people and that people? Um, I'll just ask. So where's so-and-so? You know, If I'm hearing a name over and over again, I want to find out more information about that name. Not to be their friend. Not to follow them on social media. Not to, nope, nope, nope. I'm knowing from your perspective because if you ever come to me and say, hey, so-and-so is coming over. Whoa, whoa, hold up. <laughs> is that the same person who A, B, and C? Uh, yeah. Okay. I don't, I don't, I don't think we're inviting that into our house. So we're to protect this. He goes on to say again, that if the husband says no, or that, you know, this is, this is, we're not doing this. God, God will forgive that. Now what happens here is when you look at this and say, whoa, it looks like the man just walking around with the gavel in his hand. We have been positioned to protect our homes. We've been positioned to protect our daughters and our sons and our marriages. We, God has placed us in that position. Now, if you want to punt on that because you're so progressive and you know a better way and you, you feel like that's oppressive and, and the whole patriarchy is so bad or whatever, good luck with that. Good, good luck with that. Because what you'll find over and over when it's done in a biblical way, not in a domineering way, but in a biblical way, and if you think the Bible is domineering, you need to read it. I know, Jared, I've already read it. Yeah, you might want to... Uh, 
take a gander a couple more times. Um, some of those people who think they've read it, they know everything. You can't tell them anything. So that's probably a shake the dust off your feet moment there. But if you read it and you really look at it, because when I first look at Numbers 30, I think, ooh, that's one of those that's a little that's a little tough to teach. What do we do? Well, look at the weight and the why. Okay, the weight, W-E-I-G-H-T. What is going on here? God doesn't want his people running around making a bunch of senseless vows and promises and then out of either guilt or really great follow-through, they're doing a bunch of things that are reckless. God says, I put some people in your life, particularly your father, and I would imagine the mother's in on that as well, who are going to guard your heart. They're going to guard your body. They're going to guard your relationships in a good way. Same way in marriage. You are to leave and cleave. You are to debak, be glued together, that no one, nothing comes between the two of you. I am doing that to protect your marriage. Man, it is your job to protect your marriage. Is it your wife's job? Sure. But your job, don't punt on it. Don't negotiate it. And there are times where we're trying to make a vow or trying to make a promise or say we're going to do this, that, or the other in our kitchens or within our families, and they're looking at us like, yeah, right, because we don't have follow-through. A lot of men do not have follow-through. In the beginning of this podcast, I talked about, hey, I would love for you to be a part of Tribe. Uh Every session of tribe has a hundred plus guys in it. Okay, I don't know what it comes out to till November nineteenth. Uh, as I sit here today, we're we're over a hundred. I'll tell you that. So, why do you say that? I say that because there's a lot of guys who will get into um, tribe, and I think they do it because it gets their wife or girlfriend off their back. You can't have both, so one or the other. It gets them off their back. I had a guy one time call me, and he was getting a little emotional, and he was basically saying, "This is kind of." A last straw deal. My wife was like, you need something. And he saw that and he knows me. And he said, I'm going to sign up. He didn't do anything. So whether he got his wife off his back for six months or what, I, I really don't know. But he didn't do anything. There's times in tribe, like we have a um, a constant prayer thing going. There's constantly a prayer request going. We had a thing in our church last night. I asked for prayer. A bunch of guys praying. We had guys in the, there's a message thing. Anyhow, you're not good at praying. Get in tribe. That'll fix that a little bit. Um, they're guys who... They don't make challenge videos. They don't make Zoom calls. They don't engage in their point man group. They they don't respond. They don't they don't engage with anybody's other videos or comments, or whatever. But every once in a while, they drop this massive bomb in the prayer group. Men, I need prayer for this, and we become their emotional support tribe. <clears throat> There's no relationship there. There's not nothing there. But they drop this bomb on it. So now you got a whole bunch of guys saying, "I pray for you, pray for you, pray for you," which is what you should do. But there's just there's just no relationship there. What happened? Well, what happened in the beginning of the thing was you signed up and said, I will do this. There's a covenant in the beginning. Some guys take that covenant very serious. I've seen guys take it incredibly serious. I've seen guys mail it back to me just to say, I am serious. I will do this for this six months. And then there's some guys who obviously don't take the covenant serious at all. And they give you all the reasons and the whys and everything that they, you know, that, that why they're not doing it. But by the way, here's a massive bomb I'm going to drop on you guys. And then if you're Facebook friends with the person, they're posting about other things on their own page. And you're like, well, what's, what's the deal here? The deal here is uh, there's no consistency. And men, if you're really going to use the influence that the Lord has given you by the power of the Holy Spirit to help people uh, get the, the man of God from you they deserve, but also to help them grow, help them walk with Jesus, you're going to have to be consistent. Your words and your actions are going to have to line up. It's like what Jesus told the lawyer who was asking about who's my neighbor, and he went through the whole thing about the Good Samaritan. He says, now you go and do. 
And in Numbers chapter 30, I see some people who say, before we say we're going to do this, we should at least consider the weight, W-E-I-G-H-T, the weight of this. Things are weighty, right? And the why. Is this just a, a, a moment of weakness? Is this just a <clears throat> 11.30 at night, I buy it on Amazon because I can get it here by 4 in the morning and it shows up on the porch. You're like, I shouldn't have paid all that money for this. I don't. Is this a regrettable offense? Is this? He says, I want you to think about what you're doing, the weight of it and the why behind it. Well, who's supposed to protect that? Who's supposed to guard that? The heads of the home. The heads of the home. And if we don't do that, we create a scenario where everybody in our house is vulnerable. Unless you live in a cult, unless you live in some kind of commune, everybody's going to leave the house. Everybody's going to interact with the world. And so we protect them through prayer, through relationship, through scripture, through time together. My wife sent a text today. We have scheduled a family dinner. That's so wild. Years ago, we hardly ever missed family dinner. In this season of life, it's rare. Tonight, family dinner. Now, if we say that we're doing that, Kids come home, and I walk in with a bag of fast food. And my wife's not home yet because she's still at the school getting stuff. It looks like we didn't keep our word. So to keep our word, we have to follow through. Men, we need follow through. We need follow through. We also need to be mindful. God has strategically and intentionally placed us in the lives of a lot of people. A lot of people. To help guide, guard, and direct their hearts. We want to make sure we get ours first, obviously, but theirs as well. But do not punt on the people who live in your address, the people that live in your house. That is the most vital relationships that you will have. At some point, a large number of them will probably leave your home. And it might just be you, it might just be you and your bride. But you can't punt on that. But it can't stop there. You get your house right, get your house in order, get your house squared away. And it's something you're always going to work on. And then you start to help some other people. Then you don't need an emotional support tribe. Then you just have a tribe. Then you just have guys doing life with you, challenging you, walking alongside you, encouraging you, laughing with you, you know, meeting up for ball games, food, whatever. Hey, that's a way better way to live this life. It's a far better way to walk this road. So, men, I appreciate y'all listening. Check out the links in the notes. A lot of things there. Um, but I do want to encourage you. You got till uh, Sunday, November 19th. I look forward to that email on Monday, November 20th. The guy said, I didn't know. I thought I had more time. Yeah, Sunday, November 19th. 19th, Men, thanks for listening. Let's keep pursuing biblical manliness. Manliness.